0: Hello, and welcome to the Profitable Practice Podcast with me, Andrea Maxim, naturopathic doctor turned healthpreneur, and every week I'm bringing you no-nonsense, no-BS, actionable strategies to create a practice that is not only profitable, but fully sustainable by you. If you're an action taker like me and want to create a practice that is profitable, then you've come to the right place. And hello again. Welcome to the Profitable Practice Podcast with me, your oh so driven and equally creative host, Andrea Maxim. So what I wanted to discuss today on today's podcast is the issue that we often find ourselves comparing ourselves to our quote-unquote competition. And very often I will hear hear people talking about you know the people who are killing it in practice and you know that often usually follows with this feeling of guilt or failure because we will sometimes halt ourselves knowing or believing that we will never achieve what these people are achieving. And that's really such an unfortunate thing because You know, from my perspective, I do the same thing sometimes. I'll see some of the people that I have been dying to be and one of those people is Natasha Turner right from um, naturopathic school. I knew she was the woman that I wanted to become and there's amazing things that she's done like she's been on Dr. Oz of all things and the Marilyn Dennis show and she has three um, internationally best-selling books. And that's something that I don't know if I can ever achieve, just the way that I'm doing things. But it didn't stop me from making small steps moving forward and having her as sort of my person to be um, has actually motivated me to be better. But there's definitely times where I get caught up to seeing what people are posting on Facebook and social media and being like, oh, damn it, they're doing, you know, a talk at this place. Maybe I should be doing it or they're doing this sort of big summit and maybe I should be hosting a big summit or I'll never be able to do what they're doing. So the big to- um, topic for today is is not getting so caught up in the appearance of success and not getting um, frozen by the feeling that you're not going to be able to accomplish something great but in your own way or quote unquote, feeling as good as they are. Um, so you know I definitely know that there's people that are way better than me and, and I got to thinking about this as a business owner. And I have a great appreciation, um, for instance, for how much things cost, knowing how much I've invested into my business, the side ventures that I've done by um, investing in uh, publishing a book, by creating multiple websites to drive the different projects that I want to do. And this is something that I feel associates may never really get a feeling for. You'll never really understand the cost that is involved in running a practice if you're always an associate. And I'm not saying this to offend anyone, I'm just saying that this is really, for the most part, reality in that. People that come into a busy practice will usually never get an idea of how much square footage costs or how much rent costs to own that space, how much the telephone bills are, what the internet bills are, how much property taxes depending on if you own the building or just a small part of it, um, You know what it costs to buy office supplies, even simple things like toner and paper, uh, the cost of supplements, delivery charges on those supplements if you don't fulfill a big enough order order, or if there's returns or something needs to be exchanged, there's always an extra delivery cost for that. And then of course the cost of advertising, the the cost of getting marketing materials made. And honestly, until you understand the full scope of running a practice, what those back end costs are, I don't think you'll ever truly get a sense of how much People can appear to be very successful, almost as if you know they're rolling in the dough, they're living that lap of luxury. But often these big successful clinic owners, these big successful NDS, these people that are doing multiple different projects, are putting all their money back into the business, so they don't have you know this huge bank account with a surplus of income. Um, most of them might just be for the beginning part just sort of making ends meet as they start to develop and grow and create things that will hopefully pay off later on. Um, so the caution that I I give is when a clinic owner presents a contract to you and very often and this is probably one of the biggest uh, topics that I see a lot of naturopathic doctors at least commenting on is oh the um, the clinic owner presented this contract, what do you think? Or I feel like I'm gonna be kind of rached through the coals with this because they want a little piece of this and a little piece of that, or they're they're making me pay base rent and then a split. And what I would encourage you to do is is if they're willing to give that extra information have them explain to you why the contract is created in such a way because you have to remember that there's a lot of expense that goes in behind the scenes On behalf of that owner that sometimes that base rent helps to pay for those things. For instance, if you want to be added to the marketing materials, well typically the owner is going to incur that cost and if for whatever reason you decide to move on or if it's just not the right fit for you, then we can't use any of that marketing material again. So please take into consideration what your perception is and what the reality is when we're looking at these people that we are hearing lots about that we want to emulate. And in fact, my second podcast um, where I interviewed Dr. Quinn Hand, she's a naturopathic doctor in Toronto, we go into greater detail about a lot of these things and how much the value is in and around running a uh, a practice, and where some of those pitfalls can be. And this girl, like she's just killer. I can't believe how on it she is with regards to um, healthpreneurship. And it was a wonderful interview. So after you listen to this one, I really hope that you will go to the second podcast um, and listen to that interview I had with Dr. Quinn Hand. But anyways. I wanted to let you know um, that sometimes when we think people are living the high life, in reality they're not necessarily struggling and that's not the perception I want to give, but they just may not have it as easy as you think. And this is not to scare you again, this is just to give you a dose of reality that entrepreneurship isn't necessarily how you perceive it to be. It is a lot of hard work, it is a lot of moving You know, one nail from one hole to fill another hole, and that's really what a lot of the examples I'm going to be describing or going to be discussing. So a a good entrepreneur is always thinking about, you know, how can I grow? How can I build the business? How can I make it better? And they're constantly shifting their profits back into the business to help it do so. So I thought, you know, let me just see what I can find on Google typing in or searching the appearance of success because that's the topic of today's podcast. And the top feeds that came in for the first 10 pages were all around giving the impression of success. And this is why we get so caught up in, oh, you know, look at the clothing that they're wearing. Look at the car they're driving. Look at what their business looks like. And we just never quite know what's going on behind the curtain. So, you know, some of the top things that I saw is what you wear will let others know you're successful. How you present yourself will give that allure that you're more successful than perhaps you are or the 11 tips to dress for success to become a successful entrepreneur. And for those that are in the trenches like me, I could show up in ripped jeans and a grubby t-shirt and it's not really going to reflect how successful my business is, but it is going to make a difference in how people perceive me, how um, much people are going to be willing to look at me as an authority. So there is definitely that aspect of it. The key thing that I'm talking about is really getting to the nitty gritties of what it takes to run a business and how the big people in our industry, they've sacrificed a lot to get where they are. So I I actually found it very interesting that when you start asking these people the right questions, um, those successful people, you'll find that they're not, you know, they're not out of debt completely, they're not living in that lap of luxury, they're not going on vacations every other weekend to their um, personal cottage in the um, Muskoka's and they get there by their own private jet. Like it just isn't really happening. At least to the people that are just kind of getting things rolling now. 10, 20 years, I hope that when I ask them again how things are looking, that's what they respond with. But as it stands right now, this is kind of the reality. So you know, and as I mentioned, we look at social media, we're constantly inundated by people's social media, especially if you're following other naturopathic doctors, other healthcare practitioners, and this is what we'll see, you know, wow, I just got 40 people signed up for this seminar at such and such health food store. Or, I'm so pumped about all the people that I have in my Facebook group, and what a great Facebook group, everyone's communicating. And really, when you go there, you'll see maybe three people responding to the post of the day. But again, it's that perception. Or, oh, wow, my Twitter feed just got, you know, 2,000 followers. You know, I'm the best thing since sliced bread. And yes, my goodness, these are beautiful things that... I hope are happening to people and I hope that they are going to share it and post often about these successes and share the world with these little things that you're doing to kick butt in your own way. Um, But what I'm saying is, again, it's all getting into that perception of the appearance that these people are giving off and we want them to think that they're oh so successful. Um, And even myself will be like, man, you know, Dr. Joe Schmo seems to be doing so many cool things to promote his business and I feel like I can never be like him and his life must be so luxurious. But it's really what's happening behind the curtain, as I said. And this is really the total Oz effect, that big and loud, boisterous um, voice that we hear. But as soon as you pull back the curtain, it's really just this simple old man kind of talking into a megaphone who's making big steps but just isn't as loud and as huge as we think that he is all the time. So as I said, and as I promised, I'm not going to give you just frou-frou sort of, you know, word verbiage. I want to make sure that I give you some concrete examples. So taking my own sort of um, hypothesis into effect, I actually went to a conference, a naturopathic conference a few months ago, and you know I love conferences because it always allows you to see your old colleagues, people you haven't necessarily seen in years. You reconnect and you share stories and A lot of these people that I graduated with or have graduated um, before me are really doing some amazing, amazing things. People are really taking some incredible risks, which I so appreciate, and many are running very successful multidisciplinary clinics, and some have started businesses outside of practice. like opening or running their own skincare business or starting a medical software business that um can be used by healthcare practitioners and of course many like myself have become very successful authors much more successful than I could ever imagine and you know at these major conventions i always thought man you know look at these guys they're they're working at such a higher level than i could ever imagine and you know is it possible for me to even get there and for those that have heard my first my intro podcast I talked about the dream board that I made and on my dream board I wanted to be a keynote speaker and I wanted to be a famous author just like Natasha Turner and I want to be on CHCH news and breakfast television and all these places and I'm just not there yet but these people that I'm seeing at the conference that are not only doing the some of the seminars but I know what they're doing within their own practice, just like, man, you know, this is something that I really want to be. But I said to myself, you know what, because I'm getting more into the business side of things and because I really want to be coaching and inspiring you that are listening, those people that are either getting started, restarting your practice, just need that extra motivation. I said, you know what, I'm not going to ask the old boring sort of surface questions like, how's your clinic going and have you been in touch with anyone from our class? I thought, you know what, I'm going to pry a little bit and see what people will actually tell me about how their business is going. So I approached one of my colleagues who happens to be running a multidisciplinary clinic downtown and I saw it from the ground up. I've been watching them um, develop, I've watched them create their practice, I was there at their open house. and their clinic is just gorgeous. They had a professional marketing and branding team come in, and I will tell you that alone is not inexpensive. And the setup is beautiful. It's very smart and it is also very homey, which I find a lot of clinics set themselves up to be more like a spa instead of a comfortable therapeutic healing space. And these um this particular practitioner, you know, really got it down and They have a number of different practitioners that work under them so massage, they have IV therapy, they used to have infrared sauna, they have a psychotherapist and these people have stuck around from the beginning which is awesome. And so you know um, being that in my experience um, when I've put a posting out to have people join my practice with me, I found that um, there's not a lot of people that are willing to work hard. There's not a lot of people that in the beginning understand the um, sometimes the privilege that you have of joining a busy clinic, the um, opportunity to mentor with someone who is, you know, doing all the right things and not only want to grow their business and are willing to do whatever it takes, but they're also willing to help grow the clinic reputation. And so for me, it has not been a great experience. So I wanted to ask them, you know, what is it actually like to have multiple people working under you and do you find that it's more of a headache actually to have these people working as associates under you or do you actually find that it's quite profitable and it's helping to pay off the clinic and it's not as bad as what I've personally experienced. And their reply was really eye-opening and they said, you know what, we're really lucky that the people who are with us have been with us since the beginning, but in order to keep them there, we had to make sure we gave them a really good contract that quite frankly on many, we don't really make a lot of money on, um, which makes sense. So for instance, for those that want to have RMTs join your practice. I find, and this is what I've heard from other um, colleagues, is that RMTs tend to be the hardest to keep happy and they're the hardest to keep around. Very um, few of them are, are willing to build their business from the ground up and hustle like what a clinic owner would. A lot of them come out and because they're in such demand, they expect to have that sort of constant turnover spa-like mentality where they don't have to do anything and patients just kind of come to them. And again, I'm not saying this about everyone. I'm saying this about the majority that I've heard from my colleagues. So for instance, in order for this practitioner to keep their RMT consistent and to keep them there, they had to give them a very competitive 80/20 split so she will keep 80%, the clinic owner takes 20, but the clinic will continue to pay for reception costs, the booking costs and also linens and that can add up slowly but surely just doing that extra wash. So in a sense they may not even be breaking even on that particular contract, but it's it's amazing how important it is to create consistency within the business and to have your clients expect the same person to be there year in and year out. So that was just the sacrifice that this practitioner made in order to keep their clinic um, running. So then the next question I asked was, Have you guys been able to pay off your debts? You know, my perception is, wow, you've got this beautiful clinic, you have all these people working under you. Again, they must just be balling, they must just be rolling in it, you know, no financial worries at all. And I can only imagine how much having a downtown rental space can be that's sort of street front floor level, that sort of thing. So have you found that you're really starting to get on top of things, that things are starting to get easier? And their answer was probably the most common that you'll hear of most business owners is, well, actually every year there's always some kind of big renovation or some kind of big change that we need to do in order to keep our clinic running, be more successful, offer new items to get this new sort of flow. and. Their square footage is quite small, so every inch counts and this year we took everything that we had to remove the sauna room so that we could add more clinic treatment rooms Um, and in order to do that we have to potentially put up a new wall, add new paint, you know, shuffle things around and even as I was asking these questions to them you could see their mind racing um, because it's a partnership here. Um, She was there with her partner and they were you know, saying back and forth, oh, yeah, we also have to clean out our basement space. And oh, yeah, what if we did this and move this around and what would that do to benefit our clinic? And to me, I was like, you know what? This is really cool. This is a sign of what good entrepreneurs should be looking like. They should always be thinking, how can I make things better? What can we invest in? What's our next big project? Because that's exactly how I think. Um, and how can we invest our profits to make our business grow and make it better for our patients and clients? So I do just want to be um, very thankful to that per, um, particular individual for being so open and honest about it with me. Um, and then another day at the conference I came across another colleague of mine who's starting up her own side business through creating a medical software that healthcare practitioners can use. And even during naturopathic school, her husband and her were always very much of the entrepreneurial mindset. So it wasn't surprising to me to see them starting a new venture and creating new projects for themselves. So I asked, you know, how are you able to balance clinic and creating this new software? Because I know that it costs a ton of money to develop a program and code and create software and I can only imagine the uphill battle that you guys have ahead of you. So again, beautiful, beautiful person. She was very open and candid and was like, yeah, in order to get this software going, we had to hire four different um program developers who alongside my husband are working day in and day out to get this running and coded and and working well and if there's any sort of troubleshooting, they need to be on it. So, while this practitioner is still practicing and taking care of her new family, she's also trying to head up this whole new venture. Um and of course, it's a lot. It it is a lot to take on and Again, like all good entrepreneurs, I mentioned, well, you know what, that makes sense. You have to put in as much time and investment as early as you can so that it will pay for itself later, keeping in mind that you keep doing all the right things to continuously promote it and make something of it. And that was really what she and her husband were willing to sacrifice is a lot of leisure time, a lot of vacation time, a lot of sleep perhaps, to really get this up and running now so that, again, 10, 20 years from now, it's kind of self-sufficient, totally on a turnkey. They just send it off to whoever wants to buy it, keep making adaptations, keep offering that support, but they don't necessarily have to put all that work in. So guys, the take home message here is really this, that the people that you're hearing about doing these amazing things and totally kicking butt are the ones that are constantly hustling and are the ones that are sacrificing family time and leisure time and TV time to make something of themselves. And they're constantly investing in new developments and new projects and are nonstop tapping into their entrepreneurial drive. And these people are usually the ones that have the least to offer money-wise because it's usually all tied up in these entrepreneurial ventures. But remember for these people that's only temporary and the bigger moves that we can make earlier on, so long as you do it smart and so long as you make it work for you, is hopefully what's going to pay off in dividends later. And I can say for me writing that book had I not taken that opportunity to invest in the um, self-publishing company that I did at that particular time you know as I said during that process I met my husband and we got pregnant with Aria and as most family members know it's really hard to stay motivated on a new project when you have a family that you want to take care of so had I not done that as early as I did I don't think that book would have come to fruition. I don't think the branding of the Maximized Movement would have happened. I don't think the traction that I had to become an international speaker and to sell my book internationally would have happened had I not taken the bull by the horns as early as I could have. And for me, knowing that, yeah, it was a huge investment at the time, but I have the rest of my life. To pay it off, and I'm constantly pushing it and selling it and giving it away as ways to generate new leads. So that's really why I'm doing all these things that I can now um, to make sure that the information is out there, that whatever I create is tangible. It's not going away. It's going to be there forever. That I'm not investing in, you know, newspaper ads that are going to be gone, you know, the next time the newspaper comes out. So, That's really what we want to be thinking as as healthpreneurs is what can we do to establish our reputation and to create and invest in things that are going to last for a lifetime that will continue to pay off little by little without us having to put in any more work. So I wanted to leave you with this. This is sort of my favorite mantra and this was a quote by an anonymous um, person who said entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't so that you can spend the rest of your life like most people can't and I'm gonna say it one more time because I really want you to drive this into your brains is that entrepreneurship or healthpreneurship? is living a few years of your life like most people won't so that you can spend the rest of your life like most people can't and with that guys put your nose to the ground, hustle, take action, Definitely contact with me, contact me, excuse me, with your questions, with other topics you want to hear, with other podcasts. If you want me to interview you, I would love to. If you want me to kind of give you a more one on one approach, I would also love to start consulting with you and helping you kind of get through the weeds and start to really grow your practice sooner than later. And more than anything, just keep moving forward. Always, every single day, take one step in that forward direction. Don't let a day go by where you haven't taken some sort of action, regardless of how small, even if it's just sending a, hey, how's it going email to all of your patients to just stay on top of mind. Every single day, don't go to bed without taking one step forward in the direction you want to go. And of course, guys, this is Andrea from the Profitable Practice Podcast, and I'm out. You guys are killer. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Profitable Practice Podcast. Leave me a comment, and if you haven't already, I would love a review in iTunes. Definitely subscribe to this podcast and leave me a quick review. For those ready to maximize your practice, contact me at www.maximizedbusiness.ca.